0: Welcome to the In Plain Sight podcast, a project of CityCare, an Oklahoma City-based nonprofit that inspires those willing to look social injustice and extreme poverty in the face and empowers them to do whatever it takes to create change. It is our goal to inspire you to care well for your city by bringing to light stories and issues lost in plain sight, hiding in the margins of our communities. You belong here because each of us has a role to play in the collective well-being of our friends and neighbors. We are activists for the overlooked and we are so glad you're here. Welcome back to In Plain Sight, a CityCare podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to Debbie McCulloch. She is new to the CityCare team as of August. She joined our staff as the Director of Supportive Housing and Homeless Services. As an RN since 1987 and a family nurse practitioner since 2005, her purpose has been to care for the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs of patients and their families. Listen to her education, which she does reference in the episode. She has a doctor of nursing practice, a master of nursing, a bachelor of nursing, and a certificate of global health. She believes her education has opened all the doors that have led her to caring for people living in all the places she's been called to go. Her professional and volunteer experience range from providing primary care in a free clinic for people experiencing homelessness to end-of-life care in a state-of-the-art facility disaster relief response and everything in between. Her philosophy of care is this. Vulnerable people all around the world experience adverse outcomes at a higher rate and at a higher cost than their peers that are less vulnerable. What makes a person vulnerable? Being medically fragile because of a chronic mental or physical illness and lacking access to systems of support are high indicators for vulnerability. Vulnerable people around the world need advocates and helpers to come alongside and even the playing field for them. Advocacy helps give them a chance for success that they do not otherwise have. The orphan and the widow, the hungry and the thirsty, the stranger and the naked, the ill and the lonely are holding out hope for helpers to come, and Debbie loves being a helper. Listen in. Debbie, thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. If you could please start out just introduce yourself and, you know, I think you've been in this role at City care for a while and it's a really cool story and I would love for you to share that with us.
1: Well, great. Jenna, thank you so much for asking me to speak today. I am just tickled to be a part of City care and um, definitely recognize that there's so much to do in Oklahoma City and these types of jobs that I was just able to stumble into don't come along every day. So when I heard about it um, at the day shelter one day while I was researching uh, an opportunity for some nursing students uh, that I was uh, teaching last year and heard about this possibility of this night shelter opening, um, it literally made my heart rate go up when I heard about it. Uh, Just for a second, um, Tom actually, I was at the day shelter speaking with him and he mentioned that, hey, did you know is going to open a low barrier night shelter here in the city? And I said, no, I did not know that. And it kind of took my breath away a little bit. And so, you know, in the coming days, I just, it kept coming to my mind and I kept thinking, wow, wouldn't that be fun, Mm -hmm. you know, to be a part of that. And um, I, as I said, I was a professor uh, at the School of Nursing at Southern Nazarene University and was really up to my eyeballs in learning that role. I was new there, and, but this just kept tugging at my heart. And every time I thought about it, my heart rate would go up and I would just feel very drawn to it. So I just reached out to Adam and um, so here we are. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's so wonderful. Yeah. So Debbie, will you tell me a little bit about what does your role look like? What are you in charge of at City CityCare? Um, and how has your prior experience how do you see that paving the way for what you're going to be doing now
1: well my role my title is director of homeless services and supportive housing so i'm still trying to get my head around all of that Uh, i'm about six weeks into this role and i am still learning what what the role means and what the needs are so i've been working in various capacities in Oklahoma City with underserved or marginalized, impoverished populations my whole career, really, 30 years. So um, some of my best days have been working with, um, some of my best days have been working with really under-resourced patients that are in great need. So I've been a nurse for 30 years and I've been a nurse practitioner for about 15 years. And so that has allowed me to be present at times of great need and crisis in patients' lives. And so it's really opened a lot of doors for me to be at the bedside or in the apartment or in the clinic room behind a closed door where I really see a great need that I can help with. And someone told me years ago that titles open doors. And so that has really been a driving force for me to get more education. Not that I would have more initials behind my name, but they really do open doors. And it puts me in a conversation that I would not otherwise be able to be in. It puts me at a table that I would not otherwise have a seat at. So I've really seen that to be true and it also puts me in a place where i can say yes let's figure that out yes let's find a solution or no i can't help you in this way but let's talk about ways that i can help you so i have really gotten to have amazing conversations with people in great need and uh, that's what i've really loved the most about my career to this point point. and at this point six weeks in at city care <laughs> I just see that taking off. Um, I've been so impressed by every person I've met at CityCare, every conversation I've had so far. The mission statement is not just words on a piece of paper. It It's really something that I am so excited to get to live out every day when I wake up and get to come to
0: work. So, uh, One thing I think that's hard about this show is our listeners don't get to see the tears that are sometimes flowing behind the, behind the scenes here. And so when you get, when you got choked up a little bit earlier, Debbie, what I was hearing and feeling from you that I think is a core value of City Care that makes us unique is this idea of our shared dignity and that we all have worth and meaning. And I think that that's going to be a really important just perspective that you bring to this role the show we've been talking a lot about homelessness and families in particular in the last couple of weeks that are experiencing homelessness. And then that leads us into this conversation about affordable housing and you know how are we providing opportunities in our city um, when we're, we're pretty much at crisis level for lack of affordable housing. Could you share with us a little bit about some of your philosophy and what you think can be some of those solutions and what kind of that role you plan to play And you know of course how the night shelter plays into all of that
1: oh definitely just in in my career i have observed the need for really a continuum of available housing all the way that starts with a low barrier night shelter with an outreach effort that literally goes out to the curb And gathers up those that are hopelessly sleeping on the curb all the way from that person a continuum that that steadily warm handoff people are cared for and loved all the way through to very long-term permanent supportive housing for those that are very vulnerable that have disabilities, mental health issues, severe mental health issues Mm -hmm. that do not allow them to be completely independent but really long-term housing solutions that are affordable, stable, safe and reliable. So if you can just envision this kind of a lifelong continuum for someone, whether they come in to it when they're 18 or they're 64. This something that cares for the person in a lifelong way that is loving, carefully thought through, respectful, kind, compassionate, all those things we we enjoy in our comfortable life. There are so many of us that fall through and don't experience those things. So CityCare really has that vision of this continuum that begins at the curb and really carry someone through the rest of their life. So I've seen that, the need for that uh, in our city and I'm just super excited to find myself in the position that I get to walk through every day and see that belongs in our continuum, that belongs in our continuum of care that we offer uh, to people that are so far out on the edges of the margin.
0: I love that. Debbie, would you share, so you get to do this work, this gets to be your work work. (laughs) And for many of us, we have our work and then we have the margin that we create to help and serve others. Could you give me an example of a way that someone who might be listening can step in and be helpful?
1: I think about this every day. I have so many notes that have a circle around it and a little arrow that says volunteer this is what I want to volunteer to do. This is what I envision a volunteer to do. All the way down to homemade chocolate chip cookies when our first guests walk into the first night at our night shelter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think there are a thousand ways uh, for volunteers to give out of the things that overflow from their heart. I mean. Uh, I've been that person my whole life. I feel like I've been gifted with so much in my home and my family and my friends and my church and my community and you can't help when those things just sort of bubble out and so I I know so many people that have that in their life and are ready and waiting to be asked so just know that we're not quite ready for you know, the, the droves of volunteers yet, but I have so many wonderful jobs for volunteers to be able to plug in and just to communicate love and care for people that really need to hear and to
0: see that. Yeah, so what I'm hearing is that nothing is too small that you feel like you have to offer. Not at all. It's all needed. Mm -hmm. So what do you think has been in your 30 years of experience, which is a very unique position, how, what do you think have been some of the greatest hurdles that we have or have not yet overcome when it is related to um, populations of our friends on the margins? What do you think have been some of their hurdles to services and how do you think that we can break those barriers down?
1: I think designing programs that are both accessible and sustainable. I've been a part of so many programs. Um, great works and they don't come together on both of those planes so they're either sustainable but that affects accessibility for people or they're the opposite you know they're very accessible but volunteers can only give so much for so long and then other things come in or people get completely burnt out or so i i'm building some of that into the the design of the programs that we're working on now so one of the great things that i'm so thankful for the staff that's already in place in our supportive housing programs are so excited about learning and professional development and learning how to care for people well in professional ways they have the right heart and so um, the great thing about serving well is when you've got the right heart you've got all the important things in there and bringing some training and education and structure to that and methods that keep people safe and provide the right avenues for the right kind of help at the right time. All that is just training, and we can do that. Mm. So when you have the right people with the right heart in the right spot or the right position, and all you have to do is add training,
0: that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And that's where we're at, you know.
0: I love it. So, Debbie, I want to give you the chance to have the last word here. So, a question that we ask a lot of our guests is uh, When has there been a time that you felt hidden in plain sight? And how did someone help you feel seen?
1: Um, I've listened to the podcast and I've thought a little bit about that. How would I respond to that? And, you know, I. I don't want to pretend that I've ever been homeless or destitute or any of those things because I've really been blessed with people that have just loved me deeply my whole life and told me I could be anything I wanted to be. So I feel like I've had the best of the best. Um, but at the same time, you know, I grew up on the south side of Indianapolis. I had a single mom who worked as a waitress. So uh, we you know had a unique experience growing up and um, I think some people might look at that as maybe disadvantaged. Uh, it's the only story I know so mm-hmm. it's okay uh, but I feel like I did kind of grow up as a um, not necessarily always believing that I could be anything I wanted to or that I was worthy to be anything that I really wanted to be so I think there were a lot of times that I felt like I had something to say and people just didn't hear me and um, but I just was faithful and stuck with the desire that God has put in my heart and mind to be a good girl and a good mom and a good wife and a good grandma and a good nurse and a good citizen and I really feel like it's all coming together Mm -hmm. and I get to utilize all the skills I've gathered to the benefit of my community. So, I think sometimes we all kind of plot along feeling like you know I'm I'm doing the best I can and it doesn't seem to be enough. Um, But I'm really encouraged that I I feel like God's putting all those skills together in a place that others will benefit from. So I'm super happy uh, to be in a place where I feel like I can use all that. All those skills that I've gathered and the things I've learned and Um, you know I was telling somebody the other day encouraging someone uh, that is struggling with substance use and um, they really are at a place in their life that they just feel like they can't seem to overcome the things in front of them and I said you know um, I was a 17 year old pregnant senior in high school and the principal of my high school told me that I had ruined my life and I wasn't going to amount to anything. And it hurt my feelings, but what it did was also gave me a spirit, well, let me just show you what I can do. And so, uh, I had this conversation with someone and I was sharing that with them and they said, you know what, I really needed to hear that because I've been wondering about that. If I can just show people around me instead of telling them, what does that look like? And I said, do it,
0: mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> just do it, you know? So even the smallest things in our story, sometimes, um, we have the opportunity to share that with others and it can be kind of a guidepost for them as they work to overcome struggles. And, um, anyway, I'm just rambling now, but <laughs> <laughs> <It's>
0: wonderful. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Cause I think also, Uh, too often we get a little bit anxious about the direction of our lives and if we don't feel like we're doing something that's purposeful and meaningful at all times that somehow we're failing Mm -hmm. and what I'm hearing is now you feel the culmination a little bit of 30 years of all these different unique experiences building towards something and all you did all along was just the next right thing Mm
1: -hmm. exactly that is exactly what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and and oftentimes I've I have actually sat with myself and thought, what's the next best thing I can do? This didn't work out. What is the next best right thing I can do? Um, you know, when when life didn't go the way I thought it was going to, or things didn't, you know, pan out that I really thought I hoped and dreamed for, um, and you know, and I just find myself in great places, surrounded with great people, with wonderful opportunities. And so I'm just really thrilled to be here in this place and able to do this work and uh, excited about learning all the things that we don't yet know about the night shelter. You know, we're building this with the absolute best intention, with the best knowledge that we have, with the best resources that we have, and then with full knowledge that 30 days in, we might say, this isn't working. You know, we need to fix this or that or the other. And, um, but it's, it's great work. And uh, we're being so intentional about every detail to make sure that we communicate um, something that I keep hearing in my heart, uh, this agape hospitality mm-hmm. that's just wide open you know, and unconditional. So that's the night shelter.
0: You belong here.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Mm -hmm. I love it. Debbie, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Debbie radiates steadiness, love, and an authenticity to care well for others that is contagious. I would encourage you to reach out to her directly. Welcome her, ask her questions. And if you're in the city, take her to coffee. You can email her at debbie, D-E-B-B-I, at citycareokc.org. As always, thank you for listening. You can follow City Care on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at citycareokc. We are activists for the overlooked, and we'll see you next time.